The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is A to Z Healing Toolbox, tips and tools for navigating grief and trauma. I am your host, Susan Hannafin McNabb, social worker, educator, and author of the five-time award-winning guidebook, A to Z Healing Toolbox, a practical guide for navigating grief and trauma with intention. Together on this podcast, we will discover 26 powerful action-based tools and resources that will counter the negative effects of grief and trauma while assisting us in increased healing of the mind, body, and spirit. In each podcast episode, we will hear from inspirational guest experts in the fields of traumatic loss and bereavement, medical practitioners, mental health therapists, best-selling authors, spiritual leaders, nonprofit founders, and everyday individuals who are learning to live in the light despite profound darkness. Thank you for joining me. A to Z tips and tools are yours to integrate on your personal road to healing. Healing Tool J, Journaling. When my daughter was about seven years old, she asked me what I did at work. I told her I worked at the college, that my job was to teach people how to draw. She stared back at me incredulous and said, you mean they forgot? By Howard Ikimoto, artist. Welcome everyone to another episode of A to Z Healing Toolbox, the podcast where we discuss tips and tools for navigating grief and trauma with intention. You might be wondering, why did Susan just read a quote on drawing and art when the actual healing tool we're talking about is letter J journaling? Well, I will tell you that there are multiple ways to journal, and today we have a wonderful guest, uh, my friend and colleague, Jennifer O'Brien, who is a basically, I think, a professional art journaler, and she will explain more about that. But this is a type of journaling that is imagery-based and not based on words only. 
So a few months ago, I think back in February, John Polo came on the call on the podcast and he was chatting with us about journaling with written word. And today we're in for a treat because Jennifer O'Brien is going to be chatting with us about all the different ways to use imagery in journals and books for our own healing. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Jen and her inspirational type of journaling. Jen O'Brien helps people talk about caregiving and end of life. She encourages compassionate, real conversation through her book, The Hospice Doctor's Widow, a journal, where she shares her story of caregiving through collages and writings. After years of caring for people with serious illness as a physician, Jennifer's husband, Bob, was diagnosed with stage four metastatic cancer. But caregiving for the man who had made a 40-year career of caregiving as a physician was not easy. When Jennifer's husband was diagnosed and later after he died, Jen turned to what had brought her comfort for years art journaling. She documented and depicted the raw, honest, beautiful, and exhausting reality of caregiving through collage, notes, and observations. She included much of the wisdom and perspective she learned from her husband in his years as a physician. When the hospice doctor's widow, a journal, was just a stack of pages, Jennifer took it to a friend who had just been diagnosed with a rare advanced bladder cancer. After reading the book and knowing his own prognosis, he said, you need to give this to my wife. She needs to understand what is ahead and feel supported as my caregiver. After seeing how much that stack of pages helped them in his final months, Jennifer knew that what she had created might help others. Having been a practice management consultant and educator to physicians for 30 years, an executive administrator for two large medical practices, in administration at three major academic medical centers, the wife and now widow of a physician, Jennifer has a unique and thorough understanding of healthcare. Still, with all of this experience, caregiving for her dying husband, was both the greatest honor and challenge of her life. Now, Jennifer O'Brien works to help caregivers feel supported while caring for others and taking care of themselves. I cannot wait for this conversation on the power of journaling through art. I am so happy to have my friend and colleague, Jen O'Brien here with me today on the podcast. Thanks for being here, Jen. Thanks for having me, Susan. I am honored and absolutely thrilled to be on your podcast. I usually start by telling the listeners how I met the guests that come on. And I think we have a really funny story to share. We do indeed. So the short version is probably, what is it, about a year ago, maybe? Year and a half? Two years? Year and a half, yep. Mm -hmm. I was chatting with a, a friend and colleague here in San Diego And we were talking about books and grief and trauma. And this friend, whose name is Gail, said, 
you know, I really need to connect you with this woman named Jen O'Brien. She wrote this book called The Hospice Doctor's Widow. And I happened to have the book in my hand already because Jen and I had connected through someone else months before. So I held the book up in my virtual screen. I said, Gail, do you mean this book? She said, yes, that's the book. Why do you have that book? And I said, I've already met Jen. I think it was through email or I don't think we'd even talked face to face. No, I don't. Yeah, I, I think we, yeah, I think somehow we met during through email. And I really can't remember how. I think it was my book publisher and your book publisher, maybe. No, do you know who it was? It was Corinne. Oh, Corinne Consulting. The consulting. Okay. Okay, great. Good memory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Gail says to me, how do you have that book? How do you know Jen? What? And I said, yeah, we've already met. She said, that's crazy because Jen is my cousin. I went, <laughs> wait, what? How funny is that? Cousin by marriage and and since divorced and yes. Anyway, and then what was hilarious was I get this email from Gail saying, "Do you, you know, do you have time to have a um a Zoom meeting?" And I was like, "Of course." And and so we get on Zoom and Gail starts telling me about this woman who has written, you know, whose husband died following an accident, disappeared for a couple of weeks. And she wrote a book and I did the exact same thing that you did. I picked up the book. I said, you mean this book? <laughs> and she was like, that's exactly what she did when I told, started to tell her about you. <laughs> so funny. And now here we are on a podcast. We both have written books. We're both part of the widowed community. We both are presenting at Camp Widow. And we have used a variety of healing modalities in our own journey. So today we are focusing on healing tool J, which is journaling. And for folks who don't know about your book, the title is The Hospice Doctor's Widow, A Journal. But it's not the typical journal that folks might think of, right? Just writing, 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 writing. Can you explain a little bit about how your book came to be and what type of journaling you use? Because it's pretty unique. <laughs> um, I would love to tell that story. So, um, so it actually goes back to shortly after my mother died. Um, and I took her ashes out to spread them over my brother's grave. Cause I've lost both of them by then. And, um, I was by myself, um, out in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is where I grew up. And I came across this workshop in a, in a little shop um, called an art journaling workshop. And I was like, what the heck is art journaling? And I was by myself and I'd already, you know, done the important deed of scattering my mother's ashes. And I had a few days of just being by myself and enjoying myself. So I went to this workshop and learned what art journaling is, which is basically any kind of art, whether it's drawing or collage or painting or whatever in a journal, um, sometimes in addition to the art, you write, um, like I, I write on top of my art. Um, anyway, so that was almost 20 years ago. And then, uh, so I, I basically am a self-taught 
artist and I'm a self, <laughs> I'm a self-taught collage artist because I cannot draw or paint. Um, so I started, you know, gluing stuff together and sometimes writing on it and sometimes not. And, and, and many, many years went by. I met my late husband, Bob Lemberg, who was a palliative care physician, physician, which includes hospice. And, um, and we had this wonderful life together doing what we do. And then he, we found, um, couple lumps on the left side of his neck. And he was diagnosed with a stage four metastatic clear cell carcinoma, um, which meant that he was likely, you know, he was terminal from almost from the start. And um, I started art journaling about what we were going through. Um, and I, I specifically at that point took it from analog cut and paste collage to teaching myself digital collage, which I don't know, there were moments where I'm not sure that was such a good idea, but anyway, I did it. And um, there are some ways that it was a really good idea because it was a great balance of head work and heart work, um, you know, trying to figure out how to make the machine do what I wanted it to do. Anyway, so I started this art journal and I, and I kept the journal and I included some of the wisdom that he had imparted on his patients, because now we were having to impart it on ourselves. Um, I documented all of the stuff that a caregiver go, a family caregiver goes through um, in in pretty raw um, emotion and um, and visuals. And then he died 22 months after the diagnosis. I kept going with the journal for another mm, year and a half. At which point I was working at a very large multi-specialty practice. Um, I'm in healthcare. I've always been in healthcare. And uh, a, a doctor that I worked with was in the process of diagnosing three different patients with ALS, which is also a terminal disease. And I brought my journal into him to show it to him. And he took it home and he came back the next day and he said, yeah, you're not getting your journal back. I will be loaning it to these three patients and their spouses because it really helps close a gap between what I can do for the patient and what the family caregiver really needs. Um, and so, and then he said, you know, you need to figure out how to get this published because we need to have this available to people that were in the same, that are, are in the same situation you were in. Um, and so of course that was incredibly, um, motivating and compelling. And I, searched and found a small press that was willing to take a chance on it. And, um, and it came out about three weeks before the pandemic started. Um, so in a way it's really great timing because, um, never before, I mean, caregivers had a need, you know, before the pandemic started and the care, the family caregiver search situation got about a thousand times worse, um, when the, when the pandemic started. So what's interesting and what's unique about it, Susan, to answer that part of your question is it's an art journal. It is far more a picture book than, um, a chapter book. Um, um, it's eight by 10 in size. It's only about 85 pages. And there's a lot of full premium color art in it. 
Um, and so, which is again, perfect for the caregiver or the recent, you know, acute griever, because when you've been in that situation, you know that it's very hard to read a chapter book. That's one of the advantages of your book. Your book is a chapter book, but the chapters are quick and and they really get to the essence, um, right, of the ideas. And so I can, I can get through some chapters in your book and make some plans of what I'm going to do. And my book is um, different in that it's, it's art and it's just flip through and sort of take it in if you want. Um, but the same in that it's a very manageable book. Um, um, big, long chapter books. There's many, many good books on, on caregiving and end of life. Um, many wonderful chapter books, but they really need to be read when everyone is well. <laughs> Such a my, point. Yeah, my book is a little bit more is much more for um, yeah somebody's already sick and I don't have a lot of concentration power and I don't have a lot of time but I need I need to be able to take in the information and it's similarly good that way for someone maybe who's not going through it but has a good friend who's going through it it really has some some insights and and some good pictures. I love your book because the artwork is just beautiful, I have Thank to you. say. And then the words on top of the artwork are so poignant. And I've bookmarked so many pages, but one that I really love is a photo, well, an art artwork of a big red heart that's kind of broken or cracked in the middle. And there's a man and a woman, and they're kind of back to back looking away. And you say... Tonight he asked if I'm having an affair. I am hurt and angry, but mostly I know he loves me and he is just feeling out of control. In parentheses, when does he think I have time to see this lover? <laughs> it's so real, Jen. I mean, it's so real. Here you are, here caregivers are, day after day after day, giving their heart and soul to their loved one. and. When, when would you have time, right? And then there's the anger and then there's the questioning and all of those feelings are right here on one page. It's amazing. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that doesn't get talked about a lot with caregiving and that is, um, and I don't certainly don't wanna make this all about caregiving, maybe about journaling for caregivers, but, um, but um, one of the toughest things about being the, there's always one, you know, even when there's more than one, there's one family caregiver that the care recipient really dishes a lot of stuff to. Um, it, you know, sometimes it's the oldest daughter, some, you know, when it's the parent, um, obviously it's the wife often when it's, you know, when it's the spouse, but it's a beautiful job, but when they feel really crummy and all sorts of insecurities are going through their heads, they lash out. And, and I've of course met a lot of widows following disease since the book came out. And almost all of them have described a similar thing happening, happening when their husband said, are you, are you, are you having an affair? And it's just devastating. You know, luckily I, 
you know, I was very secure in my relationship with Bob and by this time anyway, it, it, uh, yes, it's a very real page. And I think I'm glad you described the, the art on that page because that's part of, you know, the message that conveys in that moment, I was like back to back, you know, I am peeved and, um, I mean, I'm, I'm an adult about this. I'm going to, I'm going to understand, but come on, dude. Well, one of the beautiful things about your book, in my opinion, is that you've got the traditional journaling with words, and then you've got the art, the creation, the right side of the brain going as well. And that's so important because for people who are grieving and or traumatized, sometimes we can't get on the left side of our brain to write anything. That was my case. So this wonderful trauma therapist said to me, hey, let's look at an illustrated discovery journal, which was completely pictorial, ripping things out of magazines, ripping images, quotes, glue, scissors. That was it. I didn't have to write anything because I couldn't. So your book is just a beautiful example of how those worlds can mesh together. Pick one or the other or squish them together, right? Are you feeling right brain? Are you feeling left brain? Are you feeling both? Right. Right. And actually, um, because of that, um, I uh, created a free download on my website that is five art journaling prompts that I think augments your chapter J very, very nicely um, in that if you're looking from, for some ideas to just get you get you moving and get you started. The, these five art journaling prompts are, are pretty good. So, um, Can yeah, cause sometimes that for just a minute for those people sure. listening, um, you know, if someone is wanting to integrate journaling into their life, mm-hmm. but words are not doing it. And then they hear mm-hmm. you talk about art journaling and the beautiful work you've done with your book. How can people step toward creating something that will help them, not necessarily a book, but what can they do? What are some tips and tricks for them? Or, you know, you can even mention your five prompts. Yeah. So the, so the, um, I mean, honestly, the first thing I would do is go to, um, my website, which is hospicedoctorswidow.com and download the five prompts. I mean, it's free, that's it. Um, and, and one of the things that those will talk about is um, colors and shapes that, that, that say something to you. Um, sometimes it's symbols. Sometimes it's that I've, you know, I, and for me, the, the a big sh- a shape that plays a huge um, role in my life that always has is the heart, both the anatomical and the sort of, you know, decorative Valentine's sort of heart. Um, I used to be sort of embarrassed by this because I was like, oh, ponies and rainbows, you know, like I'm such a dork, but, um, but uh, you know, I'm not anymore. It's who I am. It's, it's, uh, it's a fact. And even if it was ponies and rainbows, so what, you know, and that's the other thing that's so interesting about the journal that I created. I never intended for anybody to read this thing. I, I created it for myself. You know, it was, it was, here are some things that we've done. It was, you know, he accused me of having an affair. It was all kinds of things and some beautiful things too. Some lovely things about our relationship when we were um, in those last couple of years. But anyway, the, but, but there are colors and shapes 
that are big in my life. And one of the things, one of the prompts helps you look at, okay, what are the colors and shapes that are big in your life? There are particular types of um, ephemera and uh, accoutrement that I am drawn to, like antique photographs. I am certain there are there are stylistic things that each of us is drawn to that are different. And so these prompts get you kind of mulling those over. Um, you know, there's a number of different things. And then the, the last page of these, the fifth page is um, just this huge page of all these different emotions and words. And it says, my blank looks like this today. And so you kind of pick an emotion. My anger looks like this. And, you know, it could be colors that you see. And like, it's very similar to what you did with, uh, um, was it the illustration? What is it? The illustrated discovery journal. Discovery journal. Yes. Where, you know, do what you can um, in terms of if you're pulling out magazines and ripping out pages that feel compelling to you and start putting them together and, you know, don't worry about anybody ever looking at them. That's, I think that's an important part of true art journaling is um, there's always a difference when I'm doing, at least certainly when something starts out as a journal page versus something that, and stays a journal page versus something that that is done with the idea that I have an idea for a piece of art that I know other people are going to, that I'm going to want to show to other people. Sometimes they're the same and sometimes they're not, you know, there's plenty of stuff that goes in to my work that is not, you know, ready for prime time. Well, I think it's so interesting, Jen, that you put this, your book together, not for anyone else, but yourself. And then the doctor that you knew said, you're not getting this back because I need to share it. And there's so many tips in this book. I mean, not only is it heartfelt about the realities of caregiving, but there's some really amazing tips in here for anyone who's grieving the loss of someone. Like on page 20, I bookmarked this too because I love this page. And it's just a graphic of a cell phone. And on top of the black cell phone are these words. Our best friends in this are those who check infrequently, yet have no expectations of a response. In parentheses, preferably by text message. That is such an amazing tip for friends and family members who are trying to support us. Where did that come from? Well, it was just, it was just a fact. I mean, as time went on, um, people who would just send me a message saying, thinking of you or, you know, sending you good vibes, or I have a friend who is very good about, which I've now gotten good about just imitating her, you know, just send the little emoji of the bouquet of flowers, which just says, Hey, you know, if I could hand you a little bouquet of, she's lives far away. So, you know, so those kind of things, versus people who very much expected me to pick up the phone, uh, to answer the phone, um, uh, people who even things um, like, let me know what I can do. Like, okay, I'm never going to let you know what you can do. 
Okay. Although I am trying to get better at that, like, because people do say that and they don't understand how useless that is. And so I am trying to, to do better about, I mean, it, it's not an issue for me anymore because I'm, I'm post acute grief and I'm, you know, I'm not caregiving right now, but, but I'm trying to, I'm helping other caregivers and trying to get them to sort of parlay that into, I let me get back to you on that. And then go ahead and take them up on it. You know, you know who really means that anyway. So, um, but, but that's, that was just a journal page. That was just me saying our best friends in this are the ones who check in and do not expect me to respond. And sometimes I responded and sometimes, and a lot of times I didn't, and they still, you know, sent, you know, a week later or two weeks later. And I right now have several three friends that are going through a bad diagnosis with their spouse. And I am mostly sending cards. I like, I like cards too, because those are, you know, tangible. Like you can hold on to them. Um, but yeah, almost, almost, almost every Sunday I sit down and write three cards to these people. Well, I've so, been the recipient yeah. of some of your cards and they're beautiful. <laughs> so not only does it help you, but it helps us. I love it. It's so funny, isn't it true? Like making something makes you feel better and then giving, helping and giving makes you feel better. It's almost, it's almost selfish, right? Because, <laughs> because you're doing it for somebody else, but you're like, yeah, but I'm kind of getting, I'm feeling a lot better because well, of this. That's the thing about gratitude and examining our positives. It only works if we push it out, right? Right. Right. You have to write it, say it, give it, send it, something. Yes. Yes. And that's another type of journal that is um, really popular these days is a gratitude journal. Um, lots of folks doing, you know, a 30-day gratitude journal. So each day kind of writing something that writing or depicting um, something that they're grateful for, you know, for a month each day. And, um, that's a, that's a neat, that's a neat journal type as well. There's also junk journals. Oh, um, talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Junk journals are, are just what it sounds like. I mean, they're, you know, getting little, little bits and things, paper. Some people are sewing into them now, um, which I, I'm really tempted to do that, but I don't have a sewing machine anymore. And I don't know that I need any more supplies in my life. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, just uh, stickers and washi tape and, you know, making these little, taking a blank journal and painting or putting stickers. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of fun. And I will also tell you that the best way, I think, to sort of explore these things um, in addition to your book and my journal prompts, of course, are YouTube. Go on YouTube and search, how do I do a junk journal or bullet journal um, or, you know, gratitude journal. And there will be somebody in anywhere from a two minute to a 10 minute video that will do some demonstrations and tell you, show you what it's all about. And, um, and it's free. Such and it's very point. inspiring. You know, and I love, speaking of inspiring, you're inspiring because not only your book, which I just love, and your artwork, which I have hanging on my wall, <laughs> but 
the way you're talking about all the different ways to journal, it just leaves it open. The doors open to do, do it however you want. There's no right way at all. There's the junk journal. There's the illustrated discovery journal. There's the pen and paper bullet point journal. There's the gratitude journal. I mean, the point is to just get it out of your body somehow. That's how I feel. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the, the powerful mechanisms of journaling is just getting it out, like pushing it out, whether it's in word, color, symbol, right? Do you feel that way? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, another prompt that, that I use sometimes are quotes or um, song lyrics, you know, what, what is so compelling about this quote and just either depicting it in art or writing about it. I I think we're used to thinking about, um, you know, journaling that old fashioned way of lines on the paper and writing. And that is a, also a good way. There's a, a woman named Julia Cameron who has a book called The Artist's Way. And she talks about morning pages. Basically, the minute you wake up, you pull your lined journal and you just write three pages of whatever. And it really helps getting, get your juices flowing. Now, again, if you're, if you're, um, if you're in acute grief or trauma, that may not work as well, but um, she's a big proponent of that. Um, and then there's dream journaling, right? Writing down your dreams or drawing out your dreams. Um, that can help a lot too. Um, definitely. I've been having some really weird dreams lately. I don't know. And are you writing them down in a journal? No, not at all. I do other, <laughs> I do other kind of journaling. I don't do, I don't do a dream journal. You know, you can't do all the journals. Okay. This is true. <laughs> There's only so much time in the day, but right. you know, for me, I feel like grief and trauma initially when it's acute, it's so messy. And so journaling is a way you can get messy with art. You can get messy with, with you know, a crayon or a pen on blank paper, you, you can just dump it out. However, that's going to look right. Yeah. Now you mentioned digital art. Yes. Would you explain that a little bit for me and those listeners who don't know what that means? Because I know computers are such a way of life now. And if someone is grieving and or traumatized and really is uncomfortable, is comfortable in front of a computer, what would that look like? How does digital art work in relation to journaling? Yeah, so I use Adobe Photoshop. Um, There are other apps, but um, honestly, uh, I know there are other apps. I'm not thinking of the names of them off the top of my head. Um, actually I, I know I also do, <laughs> I also do it on my phone a lot. That's a different kind of, um, art that I do on my phone, but anyway, I come back to that. So I use Adobe Photoshop, um, as my digital collage mechanism. And the interesting thing was the way that I did my very f- f- learned was it wasn't YouTube, but it was a it was an, a video course called, by a company called Udemy, um, which I actually paid for. It wasn't free, but if you if you go on YouTube and you know and Google digital collage um, Photoshop, there will be some instructional components. But so uh, it's 
kind of like a like analog collage in that um, you might pull a photograph, let's say, up on to the Photoshop screen, and you have a tool and um, and using your mouse or a or a pen, you know, a digital pen, you basically can cut out um, a particular item in the photo. And you can throw away the rest or you can save it elsewhere um, and you can move things around. The thing that's really great about Photoshop is the layers. So you can then start another layer, put a different picture up, cut out something. You know, it's 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 it takes it, it takes a bit of coordination, hand eye coordination to learn how to do it initially. Um, but it's very similar in some ways without the sticky glue because <laughs> it just stays there. <laughs> you don't have to glue it or tape it. Um, what's funny is my style of um, digital collage, some of my style of digital collage, I really like, like I cut out pieces of masking tape and the digitally and, and I put them on the collages sometimes to make them look like they're <laughs> analog but anyway yeah i use adobe photoshop you can put these different layers on you can create an opaqueness to the layer so that so i can put like a red hue over portion of it if i want to um yeah it's yeah yeah so that that's an interesting one you've just held up a page from the book and um what's interesting about that is um the top of it which kind of is a, um, it's an urban wall. I took that photo on my phone. Um, and the bottom of it is a butterfly. I also took that photo on my phone and then sort of spliced them together. And, um, and then yes, put a couple of pieces of <laughs> A couple, basically pictures of masking tape on top of the top one and then handwritten font um, on the butterfly. Um, yeah, yeah. And it says we are our best, our worst selves in fear. We are our best selves in vulnerability. This woman is truly amazing. <laughs> and, and I'm not the only one who thinks that because how many awards has your book collected thus far? Four. Four. There it is. Yes. So this and I only applied for four. So I won in, in every in every book award system I applied for. And what categories? Do you remember all the categories? Yes. Four? Yes. Okay. I do. The the book won a silver nautilus in the category of death and dying, grief and loss. Um it won a bronze um Ippy Award in the category of um, gift or journal. And then it won a gold Indie Next Gen Award in the category of relationships. And then um, an International Impact Award for the interior design of the book. So basically for the fact that it was it was an art journal. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it is truly amazing, Jen, because it's a book that is so easy to pick up and it's inviting. Each page is inviting, just the artwork, just how you wrote, you know, there are layers upon layers here. It's just beautiful. I love it. Thank you. And, you know, 
we just talked about digital work. The book, um, because I get asked this question a lot, is not available in digital form and it is not available in paperback. It is a hardback book because, and it will always be that way, um, because this book needs to be held. Um, it, you know, it's, it's a book that needs to be held and you'll understand that you'll understand that when you hold it, you, you know, you'll, you'll think, well, this woman's crazy. She does digital work and then she doesn't make it available on eBooks. Well, yeah, I'm crazy, but it is a book that, you but it still hold. really deserves to be held and that's not going to change. So <laughs> yes, I agree. So if listeners would like to know more about you, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing? I know you're presenting at Camp Widow. I know you're on podcasts. I know you're writing articles, but can you just give us all a sense of what you're up to now and where people can connect with you? Yes, absolutely. So I am presenting next week at Camp Widow in Tampa, um, a really neat thing called uh, Memories, Messages, and Artistic Remixes. So, which is, which I, I, is tied so specifically to journaling in so many ways, because I'm, we're going to talk about, you know, our memories of our, of our person and then messages, whether he or she kind of connects with us now, um, mine does. And, and then, and then how to remix all of that artistically and, and, and look at expressing it. So that'll be really fun. Um, I do spend a lot of time advocating for family caregivers, um, on Instagram right now, I have a very big series going called caregiver as CEO chief, everything officer. I was at my career. I have spent as a interim CEO and, um, it's a long story. That's not worth going into except to say that someone sort of enlightened me as to exploring the similarities between family caregiving and CEOing and there are a lot of them. And I ended up doing a series and pretty much every day, every weekday, um, I post, um, a lesson that, that marries those two. Um, and then, uh, I do a lot of work, um, with being really open about end of life preparation, um, because, uh, that was, that's part of what makes the book so effective and, and our story so important because we, prepared. We prepared for his death and my survivorship to the last detail. Um, and it made my transition from caregiver to griever infinitely easier than it would have been if we had just fought it all the way. At the, the What I call the triad of certainty is at the end of life comes death. There are no do-overs in end of life and changed forever, the loved ones remain and remember. And if, if we're going into that from disease, which four out of five of us will, right? Unlike your husband, four out of five of us will come to the end of our lives following a disease. So, so important that we prepare, um, that we put everything in the same place, right? And we tell our loved ones where, where it is and we identify a healthcare proxy. These are all just really important things that make what is certain to happen. Um, and is going, this, the sadness is a given, what I always say is the sadness is a given probate doesn't have to be. 
Because it's such just, a good point. Such yes, a good point. Right? Right. Now, if somebody is listening to this and they say, okay, I need to get, there's actually a little company called Get Your Shit Together. And it's yes. about- Started getting, by a widow. Yes, started by a widow. Chanel so if somebody Reynolds. wanted to get their affairs in order, get their shit yeah. together before anything happens, before they become the four out of five who will lose someone to a disease. Yes. Where can they get the information? Because I know you're the holder of all the things that we need to do. Yes. So um, my website is hospicedoctorswidow.com and you can spell out doctor or you can write or put in DRS, either one will get you to the same place. And there's a resources page. And at the top of the resources page is a button to click on to download the free at peace toolkit, a guide to being at peace with end of life. And you need to download that. And I recommend printing it out. I'm old school. Um, it's a nice, robust kind of three-step process to getting stuff in line and having conversations that you need to have um, that I promise you are going to make things easier later. I appreciate you for coming on and having this conversation on the podcast. There's so much to learn from you. So I really appreciate you and you being here. Yes. Well, it's been a, a pleasure. It's always fun to talk to you, Susan. A to Z Healing Toolbox offers professional trainings, live and virtual workshops, podcast interviews, healing guidebooks, speaking engagements at conferences nationwide, small group virtual support, and solo sessions individually tailored to meet your unique needs. Books can be found on the A to Z Healing Toolbox website on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, and your local bookstore. If you would like to connect with Susan and join a small group for virtual support or schedule a solo session, please contact Susan at a2zhealingtoolbox.com. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.